What is happening, my friend? Good morning, Travis. Good morning, Michael. Good to see you, Dr. Watkins, <laughs> as usual. It's a, it's a, uh, I can't believe how close we are to Christmas. That's really, it's freaking me out, I think, the most. It's funny you bring that up because you were telling me the story about how you put up Christmas lights over the weekend, and it is only early December. Yeah. But it's, you almost feel like you were telling you that, and in my mind, I was judging you. Like, you're, you're late, dude. You were supposed to be doing this weeks ago. Because you can't, you don't even see Christmas stuff in the stores. I don't know if you noticed this. You go to the hardware stores. It's not Christmas anymore. You, they've moved everything out. Oh, Nothing's really? on the shelves. You were expected to do this in October. Yikes. Buy all of your stuff. In October, it's already Thanksgiving. Oh, and by Thanksgiving, you're supposed to be doing Christmas shit. Well, t- traditionally, I put the lights up Thanksgiving weekend, and that didn't happen last weekend because um, we were having this uh, get-together so, uh, uh, a COVID event yesterday at our, at our house. An anti-vax get-together. Yeah, 25 people. So there were other things to do except put up Christmas lights. And then um, Saturday morning, just this last Saturday, uh, my wife said to me, uh, so are you putting up the lights today? And I'm like, uh, it was too early in the morning. It was like 7.30. I'm like, no, that's not on my agenda. Can't you pay some neighborhood kid to do it? Well, here's the thing. My neighbors um, are all paying somebody to put up their lights. So, um, and they're all younger than me. So, fuck them. I, you know, I, I, I I'm kind of doing it now just so cause to be all, that old crotchety guy. Like, gonna, I'm going to put these lights up. Yeah, more. I've got more. Uh, I don't know. I think what it really says to them is I'm poorer than you. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know. But they're up, and um, uh, my legs are, uh, my calves and my thighs are on fire. I virtually. Sitting up, standing down, walking, it doesn't matter. Any of those activities are extremely painful now for the next day or so. But So when you woke up that morning, you knew you were going to put up the Christmas lights. Do you do any kind of stretching? Do you any type of uh, you know resistance bands? Are you doing anything to get yourself physically prepared? <laughs> nothing. No. no. <laughs> I didn't even – I didn't even – we had some uh, – we had some uh, – uh, uh, house guests that um, went to Disneyland um, Saturday morning. I took them there and got home from that at about 1130. And that's when I decided up until then, I wasn't even sure I was going to put up lights. Uh, we had other, so many other things to do for this get together. And, um, and then I got back and it's midday. I'm probably feeling as good as I'm going to feel. And I thought, Oh, I better put these lights up. So I started doing it. It took me four hours. So this is a, Easily, it should take an hour and a half to put these lights up, but I'm slow now. Get, <laughs> climbing the ladder is just not that easy. So Now, taking them down, will you just do the one-string pull and just yank them off the roof? Um, they come down pretty easy. I will have to put the ladder up and climb up maybe once because there's a gable in the front of my house, so there's a peak. Mm, that peak must be 16 feet up or something. So to get the lights up there, you got. I have to, like – String them up to the peak and wrap them around the uh, the rooster tail coming out of the front. So you're going all the way up, all the way up to the peak of the gable. Yeah, it's just this. They're straight. There's, it's like it's just there's straight lights on one side, straight lights on the left, on the right, and then there's a gable in the middle. And so to get it to the top of that gable, so most of them I can just pull off and they'll come down. Um, but then I'm going to have to go up because I had to wrap it around that that that. Um, 
beam, actually, not rooster tail, that beam sticking out at the peak. So they won't come off that probably. So, but that's so is this one thing. Now, I've seen you, you know, on one step or two steps. Is this going to be the last year that you're going to put these lights up, don't, don't you think? Don't know. It depends. I mean, uh, I know this last year, this was uh, for those uh, regular listeners that remember the short period of time, the three months or so that I was between Christmas when I got an iWatch and uh, and when I went on vacation in March, I was walking pretty regular at home. And part of that was to get try to get my legs in shape for the next time I had to do the ladder climbing because that's what inspired it. Christmas last year, I put the lights. My legs hurt so bad that I'm like, oh, I've got to, I've got to do something about this. <laughs> well, you know, that wore off. I stopped walking after my uh, vacation. I came back and never walked again. I mean, I walk, but I don't yeah. go walking. And so, um, uh, that, um, oh yeah, he's showing me the picture. That looks good. Yeah. So that's there's the peak. There. Now underneath that peak, I'm going to describe it here. Yeah. It's kind of right in your entryway. Yeah. Is that that's uh, concrete under there? Under the like, if you if you fall, yeah, it's concrete. Yeah, that would be kind of dunzo for you. Yeah, yeah. But if I fell from that that peak down to the ground, it would still be dunzo or whatever. That Do you is. would that be a good way to go out for you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're all gonna. No, I don't want the last three seconds of my life to be falling through the air. But it was something you know in the spirit of Christmas, and it was the no, holiday no, no. I wanna, season. No, I want to be asleep. <laughs> I want to die in my sleep thing. I want to go to sleep. I want to go to bed. Go. Uh, what if you fall time. off the ladder? You injure yourself in my sleep. No, no. You, you fall off, but you like you know you're kind of unconscious. It knocks you out, and then but you're alive, and then you go to the hospital, and then some you know a day later you die in your sleep. No, no, that's good. <laughs> I mean, I'm not willing that on you. I don't want that to happen. Oh my god, I don't know. I've never. Uh, uh, I don't think none of that sounds good. So. <laughs> Uh, uh, you, you you were talking about uh, that period of time when you got your, your Apple Watch and your I think your Apple headphones or whatever you got. I was reading something over the weekend that there's some tech fucking guy. I don't know who he is. That in ten years the iPhone is going to be obsolete. We're not. None of us are going to be using iPhones. It's something to do with what is it? Not virtual reality. Augmented reality is that um, a thing? Yeah, AR. Um, right. So there's VR, virtual reality. It's where you put on, that's like Oculus, um, where you put on the, the, the things go over your eyes and completely block out everything. And then there's augmented reality where you're wearing something you can see through, but then like glasses, right? Yeah. Then there's like, do you remember when, when Google tried to do that a couple of years ago, Google glass, there was, you can get them right now from, uh, from, uh, 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 Ray-Ban has, uh, some kind of, uh, smart glasses now where there's camera and heads of displays now who's is it google's software mm, not sure it's ray-ban i think it might be google yeah. when when the google glass first came out this was probably what 20 it was a while 14 something only time like i that? ever saw them in public was I, there were like i was in a flight i was on a flight to sacramento and there were like six or seven geeky 20 something guys they all had them they all had them they were all wearing them and they were going up to silicon valley they were on the flight up to sacramento and i'm like what the fuck and they look like idiots but. they do right that, that's i had there's only one time i ever saw somebody with those glasses and it was it was there's this little uh brewery near where i used to live mm. and i'd go in there on the weekends and there was another guy who was kind of a regular and he wore these glasses and we'd <laughs> stand at the bar and have a couple of beers 
and I could never, I couldn't take him seriously. I couldn't look at him. I couldn't have a conversation with him because it was weird. It was like, I don't remember if there's one lens or two lenses, but you could have that like. The Google Glass was like one lens. It was one lens, right? Like a cyborg. He looked like something out of RoboCop. And he stood there like it was no big deal. And he he was going to talk about the game or whatever. I'm like. Dude, I I need to leave. I need to move away from you right now. <laughs> You're taking my picture constantly. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't like that. I don't think that um, – I don't think – I mean, so far wearables has been a – as a category of merchandise or tech has been a failure. Um, the Apple Watch is the only, um, the only successful Apple – wearable and the only six really the only successful wearable that is. but a lot of wearables like fitness trackers sleep trackers those yeah, have been a thing for a while they are but they're all inferior to apple watch in the sense that apple watch has all the other computer stuff on it right so um yeah i just don't i i don't i it's not i mean you're you're not carrying a bunch of tech in your clothing you could you could be you know i mean you could be wearing glasses that have tech in it but we're not really so what are you going to do if you don't wear glasses and to get this augmented reality you got to wear glasses i think that's like a fuckhead i think that's one of the reasons why it's not going to (laughs) work so what's it going to be i mean when can you can you imagine the day when you don't have your iPhone anymore? I don't know. You know, over the weekend, I was. It's funny you bring this up too because I was thinking about things like tech that has come and gone over the last many years. Let's just say many, many, say many years. Well, well, even <laughs> not so that many years, but things like um, uh, things like Blu-ray players. Um, I remember thinking, oh, I can't, I have, you know, I had a bunch of C, uh, DVDs and then I didn't want to watch them, the ones that weren't Blu-ray anymore because they weren't good enough. And then I've got all these, and then I had a Blu-ray player in every room and now I don't even own a Blu-ray player. They've all gone to Goodwill or something. I might have one stashed away somewhere in case of emergency. <laughs> I have no, in case the internet goes I have, out? I have one VHS stashed away in a closet somewhere, but um uh, that and then um, the f- how fast uh, how fast iPods turned into iPhones and right and then CDs how you know I was thinking where do I even have a CD player and I actually don't I don't have a CD player hooked up anywhere anymore I used it for a while I, I, I didn't need a I didn't need a CD player because you could play a CD in your DVD in your Blu-ray player but. I don't have any of those hooked up anymore. So it's just, I stream everything now. So another collection of software, DVDs, Blu-rays, and CDs that I may never touch again. Yeah, and that, the the pace of tech is pretty crazy. Like we were talking about this a couple episodes ago. You were describing this turntable that you had mm-hmm. with some fancy needle on it or right, something. Right. And whatever the serial number is was, you know, the T100 or Ger- whatever. Gerard 0100. Yeah. yeah, and then but what I was trying to get at is the advancement in that particular technology from the 100 model to say the 200 model probably seemed like an eternity to come out. <laughs> but now it's like as soon as you buy a phone or whatever, it's already obsolete. Like literally when the new iPhone comes out, which what are they up to? 13? 13, yeah. The day the 13 comes out, there's already leaks of the 14. <laughs> it's like, why the fuck don't I just I wait to the 14? Because then there's going to be leaks on the 15. Do you remember, and this is very recent history, uh, 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 what, so flat screen digital TVs right. were, were you know pretty much established, and then all of a sudden, oh, it's going to be 3D and curved screens, right? 
right? So some of the TVs were 3D, had 3D capabilities, and you had to wear some kind of stupid goggles to watch it. And then there were TVs that had a curved screen. That was a big deal. Curved screen TVs, all gone, right? I they mean, never I, really weren't they kind of like the laser disc of technology? Hey, easy on the laser disc. <laughs> early, you you early, lost all your stock. Early adapter. Um, you know, I just was, I remember, and here's the funny thing. So I remember going into Costco, you know, walking in the front door and seeing curved screen or, and I had just bought very large flat screen LED, you know, 4K televisions and stuff. And I wasn't about to shake can those and buy curved screen. And I, I never had any faith in 3D. 3D has come and gone many times. Theaters, this, that. It's a failure. Nobody, yeah, it's terrible. Nobody wants it. It's just not a, it's just a failure. Just let it go. And, um, uh, and then the, but the curved screen wasn't really 3D, but it's supposed to give you some kind of weird effect. And, um, we just let that go too, right? And and so it's all gone now. I mean, virtually, I don't think you could find a 3D or curved screen TV in the biggest. Uh, well, Fry's is gone, so you can't even go there. <laughs> you so. don't even need it. Like, do you remember? You know, like you said, 3D is terrible. Jaws 3, I think, was in yeah. 3D. Captain EO yeah. at Disneyland, and it was like the 3D parts were only you know to get the images close to you, but the the quality of the images were terrible. Yeah, and here's the thing: you're so. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the TV shows that it'll be like how your brain interprets things, how how your brain can fill in information right. uh, that's not really there, things like that. How through our eyes we interpret, you know, the things, our reality through our vision, that color is just all, I mean, really, there's no color anywhere. It's just how light is refracting off things and is interpreted by our brain. Is this a racist thing? No, no. <laughs> Be colorblind. And then, uh, uh, so the truth of it is that that you, when you watch a 70 inch, you know, high definition TV, 4K TV, there's a lot of information there, right? And your brain actually, you forget that it's not three dimensional, and your brain actually fills in the three-dimensional part for you and you get you get a better more satisfying less irritative and in an interruptive form of 3d just from more information coming into your eyes and your brain will then create the fact that this object in the picture you're watching is closer to you than that object over there those trees in a far distance your your brain is kind of creating the whole uh, interpretation of the 3d you don't need it jammed on your brain because remember how your remember how your vision works right you you can look at this something like there's a microphone right in front of me and when i'm looking across the table at you there's virtually two microphones down in the bottom of my vision but when i look down at it it comes into one your eyes want to do that all the time and your brain wants to do that. So when you watch 3D and it, it's, it's trying to do it artificially for you, it doesn't work and it, it makes you go, fuck, what is this? <laughs> it's like, it reminds me of, uh, remember the little script that used to be on the mirrors of your car? The objects in the mirror yeah. appear closer yeah. than they are or whatever. <laughs> yeah. They've abandoned that, right? I haven't seen that in a while. On, I, on... I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> we immediately go out and check though, on the way out of here. I don't know, but the the pace of tech is is crazy, and it's like we've talked a lot about tech and the advancements and the benefits it brings to society. And I mean, for the most part, I'm all for it because there's a lot of consolidation if you want to look at it that way. Like your phone nowadays can do you know the role of five at least five different devices, maybe more that you you know 
calculator and music player and all that other shit, right? So yeah. it's it's cool to embrace it, but it gets exhausting. It gets exhausting to try to keep up with everything. Well, when when your phone is when you were saying that you read something or something about your iPhone's going to be obsolete, what's going to replace it? Are we is well? I don't know. Chip in the head. Chip in the head. Or yes. What are we talking? Whatever about? this thing in the COVID vaccine is, that's going to take time to like grow inside your body, <laughs> and then that'll be the augmented reality. Oh my god! <laughs> and the, and they would be giving that away to us for free. Yeah. Is that right? Because then they're going to give us a taste of it, and then we're going to like it, and then you have to subscribe. That's oh, where they get you. Like, Everything is subscription based. Sort of like streaming. Yes, it'll hey. be streaming. Are <laughs> uh, we um, just? added uh thank you uh brian and sheila uh for this um we just added um paramount uh streaming service to our uh, myriad <laughs> numbers what do you, you got to pay for that one uh well uh we're stealing it, oh you're so. stealing yeah okay, that's why very I, good I of you had to thank brian and sheila <laughs> because they're they are allowing us to they signed us into there so that's how that works it was like right? five bucks or something don't know they didn't charge us anything so i don't know what it cost they have this inflation so you might get a bill for 10 bucks <laughs> uh so it's good um it's got the current it's cbs right it's really what it is paramount is owned by cbs yeah so i can't it's got even all keep up C- it's got the star treks and all that stuff on it so so the stuff nobody watches <laughs> no that's that's peacock that's on channel <laughs> four so we have peacock we have uh we have paramount and Debbie pays for Peacock. We don't. I don't watch it, but she pays for it. Um, and now we have this Paramount, and so nothing from ABC. But I don't know of anything on ABC that's worth a shit anymore. Used to be home of all the must see TV stuff, but it's like home of nothing now. I don't know. It is like I don't for, know what's on ABC. I rarely watch TV, but for the longest time, you know, my wife and I would settle in for the evening and you know watch the home improvement shows or right. the. What do you, you know, the... You don't do that anymore? You don't watch television together? I haven't, we haven't watched TV other than, like, we'll watch movies with the kids. This weekend we watched Christmas Vacation and, you know, I think A Christmas Story we watched yesterday. Can you get your kids to sit down and watch a movie Yeah, they love that shit. They're really into, they want to find out about the shit, you know, that we liked as kids or when we were young or... (laughs) And in the olden days, as my daughter will call it, you know, what did you guys watch? And, you know, that's, oh they're really into that. But other than that, we don't watch anything. I, I will watch live sports when there's something I want to see. Right. But other than that, I watch nothing. There's nothing on. You don't go watch those live sports on your iPad or something? Sometimes I will, but yes. I mean. It's the, amazing what, the, we, I have giant TV. I have really small TVs. Right. I mean, my phone is even smaller than your phone. It's an <laughs> SE, so. But I rarely watch any kind of entertainment on my phone. But I do have a iPad Mini. I have watched a couple things on there. Debbie watches shows on her regular size iPad constantly. Right. She doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And that I'll do that. You know, sometimes I'll, you know, watch a show in the afternoon or so, read something. So Debbie bought a deal at uh, Costco. So we have a. 55 inch television mounted on the wall. In small our bedroom, one, huh? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's small these days. I know. And, uh, uh, but when it's on, you know, it casts a lot of light in the room, especially when some advertisement comes on and the screen goes white. And, and then I can, you know, it burns through my eyelids, right? And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm dreaming I'm in snow or something, right? <laughs> so we have really moved away from running that television at all. So um, I w- will often put on my headphones and just listen to music, go to sleep, or listen to a podcast, go to sleep like that. 
um, Debbie was just like has her iPad on the bed and she's got that hooked into all our streaming service. So she would watch something, but she bought at Costco this stand for her iPad. So envision this, you've got a stand with a very heavy base that sits on the floor and then it's got a neck that comes up and curves and it holds your iPad. Jesus. In front of your face. (laughs) Right, floating in the air. So that is why you would need something like augmented reality. Do I need this giant well, you stand? Can't sleep, you can't sleep with your glasses on. Why not? I mean, well, I mean, maybe if you get some kind of goggle thing or something. Or be know. contacts I, in I your eyeballs. Oh, my God. that's, not, well, that's So I'm picturing like a, like a hospital tray or something that's next to you and it like comes over your bed. and. Okay, except, except yeah, it's just it's a very heavy base so that it sits on the floor and – and that provides all the ballast, right? And then it's a thin neck that comes up. It's a tube until it gets up like above, way above your bed. And then it's a flexible neck that you just, you know, kind of bend. And then you just put it in. Then there's a holder for your iPad on the end of it. And so virtually you're laying flat on the bed and the iPad is floating above your face in midair. <laughs> I mean, it sounds convenient. Oh, it's fine. It doesn't bother me. It's a lot better than having the television on, which which throws light all around the room. You, this you, thing really is very directional. And so she bathes her face in blue light. I just don't like that anymore. I don't want that anymore. I like sound, but I don't want to see pictures. To tweak that, I would design like some kind of headgear, like the old school braces headgear with some type of contraption that comes off that holds your iPad out in front of your face. Uh, Maybe it's the hard hat helmet with the beer cans or something. There's got to be some easy way to do it. I'll take a picture of it and show you <laughs> so you have a good idea. So, But don't be surprised when you know one shows over your house or something. <laughs> yes, oh, thank she you. didn't get it at Costco. She got it on Amazon. That's right. It this sounds like Amazon. she got it on the uh, As Seen on TV aisle. You know, know, when you check out at the stores. I know. I, I was like, what in the hell is this? Because, <laughs> hey, can you help me put this together? And it wasn't very complicated, but, you know, that's that's what the, that's what part of the husband duties. Anything that screws together or snaps together. Yeah, that's on you. You're supposed to be involved in it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's tech is just everywhere. I mean, our bedroom is full of it. Um, I have my techie headphones. I have, you know, two, I have a set of pretty advanced Bose headphones. I have a set of iPod Air Max, the giant square headphones from Apple. Very intuitive, uh, automatically hook up with any Apple device that it comes close to. It's like clings onto it and, and hooks up to it. I, to, I, I use them to watch TV in my front room. I have an Apple TV, which is our cho- streaming device of choice that we run all the streaming services through. And, um, and that when you're, when I'm watching TV that's hooked up to an Apple TV, it accesses my iPod earphones your your AirPods or whatever, anything Apple. And it streams all the music off my phone flawlessly and everything. Um, so there's a, a lot of tech around. How much tech do you think our president is using or how much tech do you think they use on the president? Like, are they jolting his heart every six hours or something to keep him alive. <laughs> so like Frankenstein. Do you think that I'm being serious now? Yeah. Do you okay, think that, sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that they check on him during the night? Like uh, I do not. Maybe you don't. <laughs> no. Well, I think Jill Biden is their check on him. Hey, uh, if he 
croaks off in the middle of the night. Do you, do you think she's like on a? They tell there's like a. Okay, Trump had the Diet Coke button in the Oval Office. Uh, do you think Jill Didier was not aware of that? Do you That's think funny. Jill has like a green button by the the nightstand like every three hours? You know, Mrs. Biden, please push the button. Let us know he's still breathing. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure he's wearing first alert. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the thing when you fall? And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I fall and I can't get up. <laughs> I mean, they obviously the, the president really. We've talked about this is never yeah. really alone, and unless you're getting a blowjob or something. But other than that, I mean, how do you? I mean, do you think they're worried about his health more so than? I mean, with Obama, it's probably like, hey, we'll see you in the morning when you want to go jogging. We won't worry about you. But. You know, I heard something I didn't fully. I I mean, because they don't care that much, but. He was he was when he took office, he was older than the oldest president was when he left office. Right. That, yeah, right? that was Reagan. Did I, did I say that right? I think so. so. I knew what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hey, you know, good for him. He seems to be in good health. And, you know, he, he's got a cold or something right now. So everybody's losing their fucking mind over that. Yeah. Well, he's out spreading his cold and he's maskless and he's, you know, maybe got the Omicron and he's breathing yeah. on people. There's a lot of talk about. um about is there sensitivity from the White House toward anybody inferring that he's a one-term president, that, you know, that he never planned on running for a second term. Or, I mean, let's think about it. Um, Buttigieg has been, I mean, when was the last time, if ever, do you, can you remember even one transportation secretary that you ever fucking heard of in your whole life? Buttigieg has been, he's the most visible cabinet member there is. And I think he's hes just being queued up to be the next president. Hmm. Um, he's uh, hes very popular. He's, um, he's when you, gay. What do you mean by visible? Like well, the stories about him? Yeah. I mean, so they pass the infrastructure thing. So it's Biden and Harris and Buttigieg running around the country promoting what a great deal this uh, infrastructure thing is and as the secretary of transportation but you know i mean it's been a while since any president passed any kind of substantial infrastructure bill so that's part of it but but still there's been a transportation secretary secretary in every every administration i, I challenge anybody to remember the name of even one well ever. yeah i mean there's I, I agree with you, but I wonder how much of that is circumstantial. Like you said, he's... Well, during the, during the Trump administration, there was uh, Choo Choo Charlie. He was the... Who's Choo Choo Charlie? <laughs> you know, Choo Choo Charlie was an engineer, and he'd do, you know what, to your sister for a bottle of beer. You don't know who Choo Choo Charlie <laughs> no. is. No, that's, that was the Trump Secretary of Transportation, so... Did he yeah. stick around the whole time? <laughs> I don't know who it was. That's, I'm <laughs> making that up, obviously. <laughs> With all the turnover, who can keep track? Well, that, that's so the thing about the Trump years is you never bothered to get to know anybody because they weren't yeah. going to be there very long. Well, did you hear about – I know how much you do, uh, don't care for Harris, so Vice President Harris. Yes. So did you hear about high-profile, although I've never heard of any of them, staff leaving her? I love this story because I just do not like her at all. And so, and I want to go back to the Buttigieg thing too, but Harris and Buttigieg – were two presidential candidates. Right. And, and so they, they're not just, you know, obscure career politicians that were tapped by the Biden administration right. to serve in the cabinets. They actually ran to try to take the job for themselves. 
But Harris, if I'm not mistaken, was like the first one to to bow out because she just wasn't going to advance. You said that a bunch of times, and I'll take your word for it. I don't really remember. It does seem like, I mean, all of that is kind of a blur. It's a blur. Uh, once, but- he, once he announced and then once he won a couple of primaries, that was the end of it. Everybody. But remember out. how, I mean, there were so many fucking ridiculous Democrats that on the debates, they yeah. had like two or three days worth of debates because yeah. there were so many of them. And then they would separate them to the A list and to the B list. And then after a while, I think it's amazing that, I mean, it was only the sheer, it was only the destruction of the economy and the sheer overblown bullshit of Trump himself that, I mean, by all intents and purposes, no, no Democrat should have won. It was such a fractured mess of a circus of a primary season. Right. And too many people. Right. But, you know, out of the all same, bad yeah, out of the same kind of messed up Democrat uh, Republican conv- uh, primary season that, that during the year that Trump won, it was the same thing. There were 18 Republican pe- running for office. Remember Jeb Bush? And I don't remember the number, Herman but yeah, King I remember and, it was a lot. Yeah, It was a lot. Fuck Chris Christie. I mean, everybody was running. And uh, you're like, oh no, this is gonna, this is gonna fracture the. the there nobody, and he won, and <laughs> and then the Democrats turned around, and, and remember that during that primary that Hillary ran, she was the only one. There was one other guy, but nobody ever heard of him. I couldn't remember his name now. Yeah. So is, is that that's interesting because the amount of people that were running. I mean, where the fuck were your people on the gatekeeping process? People, they should have told yeah. these people, "Hey, man, you know, wait your turn. You got another couple cycles before we can put you up." You there. know, I, I am. I think I've come to the opinion that people push back against any kind of uh, political campaign for president that appears to be a coronation rather than a run for the seat. Right. So, I think the fact that 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 many Democrats ran for the nomination. Um, that I think people like that. And the fact that Biden came out on top, that was fine. It, it just all seemed right to them as opposed to the Hillary situation, which in retrospect, the whole fucking thing seemed like a coronation. It, it did. Yeah, no right. doubt. And I think the reason Biden ultimately won is because there were so many bad choices on the Democratic side and the the crazy left of left progressives were getting louder and louder and there were more of them. I mean, just a few cycles ago, it was just Bernie Sanders, but now you have Elizabeth Warren and whoever the other fucking crazies are. I don't know. And so it was, Hey, we got to get uncle Joe out, dust him off because he's like this fatherly figure. He's got credibility as a career politician. He's been in the white house. And I mean, I just think it was bad timing because he was past his prime. Well, he, he but he was the best choice of that whole group. Well, it came down to I think it's pretty well agreed upon now that what it came down to for Democratic voters was who was the most assured to beat Trump, and and Joe Biden was the one that had the best chance of doing that. I think there were a lot of Democratic voters uh, and or non Republican voters or whatever that. You know, a lot of people like Bernie. A lot of people like Pete Buttigieg. Right, he came out of nowhere and national. Well, he promise. was a he was a governor, right? He was a mayor, Mayor Pete. Oh, that's right. Of uh, he was some town in Indiana. Some shit town. Yeah, I can't even remember the name of it. And uh, would you tell? He's phenomenal. Would you I mean, tell Mayor Pete to his face that his town is shit? <laughs> well, I'm not afraid of him if that's what you mean. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you could take him if that's what you're saying. But I mean, I don't know. You know, he served in the military, so he's he's had. You know, he's a trained killer, and I'm just a big 
blabbermouth. So, <laughs> but he, um, I mean, go back to the Harris thing, which I do think that she was one of the first to bow out. I think okay. Pete made it a lot further than she did, and the reason that she quit is because her her numbers were terrible. People could not see her at all as a viable option for president, and and of course she ends up being the vice president. I think for political reasons, let's face it. And early on when, when Biden became uh, the front runner, of course he, he, I believe he said it's going to be a woman and which we all knew. And then it was scary. Like, Oh shit. Could it be Elizabeth Warren? So he ends up picking Harris. We're scared about that. Well, (laughs) we dodged a bullet. Let's put it that way. But I do love hearing the stories about how terrible she's doing and that her staff wants to quit because I do just hate her. God, there's (laughs) (laughs) well, uh, then these should be good times for you. (laughs) It should be uh, the best of times. These are the best of times. These are the the worst worst of times. times. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, are they going to swap her out and put Pete in there? No, there's a for 2024. Yeah, Uh, I think they're going to swap out. Biden and put Pete in there. I don't know. I don't think it. And then Chaz, his husband, is going to run for vice president. Is he so. in politics? No, no, he's. Not. Is that his name, Chaz? Chaz. Yeah, I think that. Um, I mean, here's the thing about Buttigieg, right? I mean, he's going to be the president someday. I'm pretty sure of that. I, I can just feel it. Um, whether it's this time or not. Well, they do say that a woman will be president. Well, that's, <laughs> I'm kidding. Wow. Come on. I haven't wow. worked one in a while. Send your, <laughs> send your comments to Travis Wolf at homophobe.net. Uh, let, me, let me ask you a, a serious follow-up to that, though. Yeah. Is that, Could there be such a thing? There Come is. In. There is. It's important, I think, that uh, a woman becomes president of this country for a lot of reasons, and there's been a lot of talk about that and, and momentum and progress in the last, yeah. I don't know, 10, 15 years. Well, I'm pushing for Angela Merkel. Well, she served for what? Like 16 years as chancellor of Germany. She's available. She is available. <laughs> <laughs> but she's not a citizen, I don't think. Oh, damn. Well, she could be vice president. Then, <laughs> Can so. she? Yeah, I think so. But is it a, would it be, what's the word? Is it a, a slap in the face? Is it a, is it a... Would it be wrong if, say, Buttigieg, and, and nothing against him, but if a gay man becomes president before a woman in this country, when we, when, when it just looked like that was the, the, the path, right? We are going to get to a point where a woman becomes president. It was almost the coronation of Hillary, like right. you said. And then maybe it looks like it could be a Pete situation before a female. Is that bad for you females? Know, I mean, probably the most qualified female that won't, trigger you into the stratosphere is probably Amy Klobuchar. Um, I don't know that she could win a, a general election. Not yet, right? She doesn't have as much as enough know. exposure. I mean, she's no spring chicken either. So, um, but we'll see. I mean, she is probably the most qualified woman politician. Um, just don't know. Oh, I just don't know. There's things I know a lot about her. Um, so it makes me think that a lot of other people would, but I don't How know. old is she? She looks to me like she's in her late fifties, probably. Um, but, uh, she just, I don't know. I mean, she ran too. She was up there too. So she's a, a an also ran as well. So we'll see. Um, I think Warren would meet with some pretty significant headwinds, but, um, it turns out that maybe, um, 
uh, uh, Harris is probably just not progressive enough for what you know for for the for the current version of the Democratic Party. I mean, I think. I mean, she was never a progressive, right? Her, well, wait, okay. her, 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 her record as a prosecutor certainly was not one of a progressive. I mean, it's hard to be a prosecutor and be what we call a progressive or a liberal, right? So he never really was. So, um, hard to say. I don't know what her future is. I Why mean, do you think she, she's not progressive enough? In other words, Biden, he's not. He's not like left of left progressive. So why no, why I'm would talk, why yeah, I'm would she about need to going be? forward? I mean, I think for for the for the elect for the for the twenty twenty election, the Republican nominee, the only thing that really mattered was that that nominee's ability to beat Trump, and that came out to be Joe Biden heads and shoulders above anybody else, including Harris or Buttigieg or anybody, and so now. He's out, and hopefully he's not coming back. And and going forward now, I think that um, uh, I think that the progressive wing of the Democratic Party is is has grown. And I don't think they're going to take over. It's not going to go crazy or something. I'm trying to keep Travis from Thank jumping you. off the ledge. Appreciate right? that. Talking him down here, but <coughs> but I do think you know in response to what has been an ever increasing right wing. Uh, kind of movement in the country that that Democrats and progressives or liberals or however you want to label them are are they, they, there's growing um, you know there's growing resistance to that to that very um, to that right wing growth you know that that was exemplified by Trump Trump didn't really cause it you know like we talked about he was a symptom but I think in response to that right wing movement that we've seen uh, that. Uh, I think that you know the progressive side of the Democratic Party is getting stronger. So I think when we look forward, the next candidate won't have to be who can knock Trump out of office. Trump won't be an incumbent. If he is a candidate, he'll he'll be an easy target. I think. See, I think that I'm hopeful, like you say, not to talk me off the ledge. I'm hopeful that that the the American people don't want the progressives of the Democratic Party to be the platform and to be the voice of how we move forward in this country. And I would be willing to bet that if Biden was four, five, eight years younger, that he, so far, I, w- I would go out on a limb and say this now, that he would easily win re-election in 24. Yeah, I think I it's, it's in jeopardy because of his age and his health and yeah. maybe what's happening with his vice president. But I think with Harris... I don't know. I don't. I, I would push back maybe a little bit on on the fact that she's not progressive enough. I think she's suffering from the same thing that got Hillary, ultimately, which is she's just not relatable. She doesn't. She doesn't appear to be relatable. She doesn't appear to be in touch, and um, she just has this holier than thou, elitist kind of attitude that I just don't think resonates with people. Yeah, I, I you you very possibly are right. I mean it I think it it's a it's a weird combination of things that we that have to coalesce for someone to to win a general election to be that person. It's I mean, look to her credit, um she is a woman of color. She's a woman. She's broken two you know, two very long time glass ceilings. Um, she's accomplished a lot. I don't think, 
I mean, if I was her, I would I would be very happy with that. Does she want to be president? I mean, I don't know. I don't understand that motivation. It's well, she ran. I, yeah, so, I mean, obviously she's somewhere she covets that position, but um, if she, if it doesn't turn that she, you know, is the next, uh, next uh, Democratic nominee or she doesn't end up in the role through some kind of unfortunate health issue with Biden or something, then... You know, maybe she's done enough. I mean, she she's she's she has been a uh, a leader for her sex, for her uh, for her party, for for all of that stuff, right? Without without being any kind of radical friend. So you're saying she should go away after this? She can because I would agree with that. She can if she wants. <laughs> <laughs> she's done I, enough. I wouldn't be disappointed one way or the other. Um, because I mean, frankly, for me, the, the only can't the only politician out there that that I have any real interest in seeing progress would be Pete Buttigieg because okay, so he's just the he's just the the he's just the smartest guy out there, right? He's, so he's go back. heads and shoulders intellectually above all the rest of them. So, so. you didn't exactly answer my question. What it, does this country? I mean, let me frame it another way. Oh, is it going to be a problem if a man, if a gay man, becomes president before? A, yeah. A woman? So maybe to reframe it, does this country owe it to a woman to elect a woman as president first before any other person or sex or race? In well, this case, a gay man. I mean, it doesn't. I, I like Pete Buttigieg not because he's gay, right? And um, I like the policy when I hear him speak about policy. I like his way. I just like the way he goes about it. I, I but I don't. Um, I don't think that this is like the window, you know, where we need to elect a gay man president. I don't think that's part of the calculus for me at all. How old is he? Did you say? Uh, people who judge is his late forties or early fifties. I'm not sure. And he's got a lot of time, and he can run. There's 20 years where he could run, right? I think easily so he can you know he i mean it's a meteoric rise when you look at it he came from nowhere in the 2020 election to to uh and he's the national figure now. how long had he had he been mayor i don't know a while of the shit town nobody, that you speak of nobody ever heard of him <laughs> yeah prior prior to him running for president i don't think anybody had ever heard of him yeah i remember like on the on the debates it was like we have so and so and this senator you know and that nobody senator you know, and this dude this little town podunk mayor mayor pete well and and mayor pete is because his last name is hard to 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 you know to say and so i mean that seemed like that was working against him but then that's the thing that made him stick in everybody's mind. Oh, this guy's got this weird last name. And then if you did learn how to pronounce it like I did, you're proud of it. So now you want him to be the president so you can show off that you can say <laughs> you can roll off Pete Buttigieg off your <laughs> off your lips. It's not that time. hard to say. But he, he was on my radar for a while before I knew he was gay. Yes. And, and maybe you told me. I don't know. Yeah. But do you think because it's it's out there right it's a factor and and I just I'm just trying to wrap it around this question of mine and that is um do you would the democrats try to dig up and I think this is where you were going when you were screening <laughs> I'm going to turn the TV off if you can <laughs> if you can't drool with the CNBC anchors <laughs> uh. Uh, if, if if anyone on here you want to see as a vice president no. or president, no, maybe an intern. <laughs> okay, Monica. You <laughs> uh, can call her Monica. I don't care. <laughs> um, I I just you know 
I, I just don't know what his what his future is. I mean, I'm sure he wanted to be president. I think he wants to be president. I think he wants to serve. He's he's obviously been interested in serving the country. He his military service is self explanatory for that. Um, um, I think that we're in a time and a place where I I don't think that him being gay is a you know. A, a necessarily a, a knockout punch or anything like that. But it is a factor, right? Don't you think? In other words, well, here, it's a factor for a bunch of people. It's, sure. But it's a factor for a bunch of reasons. So hear, hear me out on this. Maybe this is a stretch, but it almost makes him, um, and I'm not, I don't really know much about his accomplishments, so I don't want to, I'm not going to criticize, I'm not going to compliment, but you, you and I both know that the crazies on the right would attack him any chance they got, and most certainly for being gay. But being gay, of course, is is not something that you can or should be attacked for, ever, right? So it almost gives him a little bit of kryptonite in the sense like anybody who attacks him for being gay, it directly exposes them as being a fuckhead. Right, exactly. You and, know what and, I mean? Yeah, I mean, and listen, Obama got through eight full years of being the president and all the campaigning the two years before that. So let's say 10 years of having pictures, you know, uh, you know, caricatures drawn in right wing publications of him as a monkey. I mean, that kind of shit just doesn't, doesn't necessarily stick. And like, I think it does exactly what you say. It exposes the critics of that particular person for what they are racist homophobic or whatever their problem is um that's not uh that's that's not picking up public support the way it might have right time. and and just like the technology conversation we talk about how quickly things evolve and we've cited this too but even obama our beloved obama it took him i think into his second term before he publicly endorsed same-sex marriage and good for him he, he finally came around but let's not forget that wasn't that long ago really and so what i mean is Society, in, a, in, in for the most part, is is advancing the way that it should, at the pace that it should. Maybe a little too slow, but something yeah. tells me, and you probably would agree with me, that the really, you know, the zealots on the right, let's call them the Jesus freaks on the right, would still have a problem with with a gay man being president. Well, I mean, you know, so to move. To, to segue into something else I, I think would be worth talking about with you is, I mean, are you following what's going on with the Supreme Court? And, uh, you know, the is this whole, the my foot in my mouth uh, well, segment of the show? I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't think that that's not where I'm going with it. But uh, um, you let your conscience be. <laughs> I uh, uh, I just think that it's pathetic, really. Um, uh, so we're 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 gonna see. I mean, we're probably next June. You're probably gonna see Roe versus Wade overturned or neutralized or something by the present stacked court. So and, what, what? And what's gonna happen? I mean, maybe it'll be a great thing. I mean, and this this affects everything we're talking about right now. So. So you have this this abortion issue, which is being driven by the, the the religious right, and you're seeing the fruition of of a very long term strategy on the part of Republicans to overturn um, uh, Roe versus Wade and and outlaw abortion, right? And and who would have thunk it in this 
day and age, right? You talk about things progressing, and where I think that's exactly how I said it. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? <laughs> you, well, you often um, you often quote the Three Stooges, so <laughs> um, I think that um, uh, uh, it's hard to say, right? I mean, what's gonna? So they're in their prime right now. They're getting everything they they should be. Who, who's in their parties. prime? Well, the right wing, right? Republicans and you think, or is this the Hail Mary, the last, the last hurrah, the last attempt? Oh no! I think this is the result of a carefully calculated fifty-year strategy to overturn Roe versus Wade. But go back to how you teed this up, though. What you were saying is referencing the Supreme Court, which is a lot of the stories over the last, you know, week or two are the ver- you know reports from the various uh, justices that they are signaling that they could possibly overturn Roe versus Wade. They could side with Mississippi and uh, well, the fact that Texas. They, the fact that they took this case the the mississippi case they, they, they if they really did not want to overturn roe versus wade if there really wasn't the conservative majority uh in the supreme court now that wants to overturn roe versus wade it would only have taken a couple of them to side against taking this case on taking it on period indicates that they want to overturn it. So did the uh, quote-unquote liberal justices vote to not take the case? Is that how that works? I think so. So <clears throat> procedurally, if they... I mean, in the words of Sotomayor, right, is the Supreme Court going to survive the stench uh, of overturning Roe versus Wade that, that this will create? Um, and by that, she means, so are they about to prove that if you if you put conservative justices on the court that you can overturn a 50 year established law and take rights away from people. Serious yeah. That, and, and that would be, listen, I'm on record and yeah. I hope I'm not wrong, but I'm on record saying that um, I don't think they'll overturn it. And Kavanaugh in particular, I think he could be, I don't, can you be, can you impeach a justice? I think you can, right? We talked about that, but during his confirmation, they really tried to press him on this matter and all all potential justices get in this habit of trying to say, hey, I, I, I didn't hear that case, so I can't comment on it. But he did. There's one soundbite of him that I think really pins him to his decision. And he said he considers Roe versus Wade settled law. If it's settled law, then you can't go back and undo it. It's done. It's 50 years in the well, making. And here's he said. the thing, right? There's some, there are some subtle uh, things going on here, right? One possible outcome of the Mississippi case is that in June we'll see an outright overturning of Roe versus Wade where a majority of justices, the majority opinion will say, hey, Roe was bad law. The Casey case that came 20 years later was bad law. All bad and we're overturning it. Um, Let me stop you there. Procedurally, what does that mean? They overturn it, so therefore – uh, they're, well, they're they're going to vote for the Mississippi law because they feel that the only thing that stops the Mississippi law from being legitimate is Roe versus Wade and and the following case twenty years later. Because they're Casey. not they're not hearing Roe versus Wade. No, no, they're not. But but they may they may just come out and say, hey, we're we're going to um, we're going to you know. We're not going to stop this Mississippi law, and we're gonna we're gonna let them move the the goalposts, the 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 time 
You know? So how do you do one without the other? If they say that, we're going to let the Mississippi law stand, right. which is in direct conflict with Roe versus Wade, right. then how do they address the issue that Roe versus Wade is the law of the land and well, that Mississippi's in direct conflict with it? They will, they, they will, it will be them changing Roe versus Wade. And can you do that without yeah. hearing it? Yeah. I mean, don't you have to peel it, like retry it or whatever no, you call I it? I don't think so. <laughs> But then, then there could be, there could be, so then it doesn't, that doesn't have to be the outcome, right? The, the outcome of this doesn't have to be that this Supreme Court, um, comes out and overtly denounces Roe versus Wade. And they could simply come out and say, Hey, we're not, we no longer believe that the 28 week third trimester is uh, viability standard is the standard. We believe that 15 weeks is as viable a standard, is as good a standard as the viability standard of 28 weeks. That will effectively open the floodgates for every state that wants to, to make their own state laws, cite different amount of time. It could be more, it could be less, uh, and that will do the same thing. So, I mean, I, I mean, the chances that that we come out of this court decision with this court in in June, with with a, with the what what Roe versus Wade has done is prevented states from passing laws, state laws that would inhibit a woman from attaining a, an abortion prior to twenty eight weeks, um, and so. Uh, it, they they may the way they go about this. It's just is going to be a matter of how it's politically accepted. The effect will be the same. So you can count on it. It's it's gone. So what the the sound bites that we're referring to that we're hearing, like the, the what's being leaked from the justices, they're saying things like, "Hey, we're open to it." The conservative justices, we're open to hearing it. Or it's the, it's the questions what, they yeah, it's the, the questions is, they ask that are casting the oral, doubt the oral arguments. Yeah, I don't believe there's been any off the record statements by any of them. That would be very unusual. But the questions that were asked during the oral arguments that's what's that's what's causing the speculation that this court is going to virtually overturn it. So I mean, so. That's next June, and and then you'll have two states that will, and assuming they, they don't deal with the, the Texas thing at all, although they could deal with this Mississippi thing and still come back and, and squelch the Texas thing because of the, um, uh, because of the, what, what do you call it, the, um, the, 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 the public being able to sue people standing right? the bounty. Yeah. The standing issue for the public and this and that. And what, what is the primary reason cited by the conservatives? Do you know why the U S government needs to prevent women from having an abortion? It, it's Jesus, right? It has to be Jesus. Um, it is, it, it is, a, you know, a, to the best of my understanding, the people that, that want to see abortion, uh, stopped by government mandate through state laws or any kind of laws that the basis for their objection is, is, you know, is a religious based, you know, argument about it and um, the sanctity of life. But, you know, it's all, it's all very hypocritical, right? I mean, these are the same people that it's just hard to hear people argue about the right to life 
you know, in this instance, when when their positions on other political things seem to be so anti-life, like the death penalty, right? <laughs> right. So, I mean, or the Second a, Amendment, taking uh, life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, and they're getting called out on that on a pretty regular basis. So we'll have to see. Or I the mean, other one that the, uh, giving the child up for adoption is a viable means of not what do they say? Not caring for the child through life. But well, that's that's fucking irrelevant. Amy. Comey Barrett, all right, is that her name? Yes. Um, she is the one that really, in her questioning about, you know, well, hasn't th- hasn't haven't things changed since fifty years ago when Roe versus Wade, and then twenty years ago Casey versus whatever the hell it was, the second case, right? <clears throat> haven't things changed? Uh, for instance, these I don't know. There's a name for them, but child abandonment the laws where you can uh, drop off your kid in the mail chute of your local fire department with no, no, uh, no problems, no issues. Right? You, can, you can, or you can't do you that. You can. So most, most places have laws that say, Hey, rather than uh, putting your kid in a dumpster and um, the, your unwanted child in a dumpster to where they can die a horrific death you know underneath the garbage in the dumpster drop them off with the firemen yeah and they'll, drop them off with the fire they'll help out with in, the cooking and cleaning person or at night there's a mail sheet or something you can dump the kid down <laughs> that, that makes that means that okay well now that that's in place we should take away rights from from the from women. yeah and, and to me that that's the biggest conflict when you talk about you know you're the Bill of Rights, for example, and the Constitution guarantees you rights of protection that your government can't infringe upon or take away from you, right, in, in general. Yeah. So now we have the direct opposite of that, which is you have a government who is now going to take away a right of yours and, and force you. So it, it's, it's nuanced here because on one it hand it's, it's um, taking away your right to an abortion. But the flip side to look at that is it's forcing a woman to carry that child to term and give birth. You know, so it's, it's, it's so fucking cockamamie to me. I don't get it. I, it's I, uh, mental. I would like to see reliable statistics, uh, uh, you know, as far as how many women out of a hundred percent of women in the country, how many of them, our anti-abortion uh, rights, you know, how many of them would favor taking this right to choose away from women? I And that's what it is. I, I'm sure there are women that are in favor of taking it away, uh, you know, and I'm sure that most of that is based on some kind of religious belief, I guess. Um, but um, as a group, I think that women should be offended that, that once again, the, you know, Men, for the most part, are in the process of taking away their rights, and I just don't know how they stand. So you you said something earlier, Travis, that that uh, is this the "I told you so" segment or something like foot in the mouth. (laughs) Yeah, it's not because what I remember you saying was that um, you didn't think that Roe would be overturned or whatever. And I'm not looking to debate that, like we said, that's nuance, right? I mean, you can you can neutralize Roe versus Wade without overturning Roe versus Wade. So um, let's say that never happens, um, but then it becomes a law that's not enforceable because of other, you know, more recent Supreme Court decisions. But 
I, I think what else I remember you saying was that if it if it did get overturned, that people would rise up and, and do something about it and stop that from happening. So there's no way to know whether that's the case yet or not. So um, I think that um, hopefully uh, what will depend is when, when, the, when the decision comes next June from the Supreme Court, and it's bad, and it will be, uh, that, that that sparks a new wave of of protests and activism among Democrats, probably for the most part, and women and secular people that don't believe that, that be. we should have religious beliefs shoved down our throat, especially codified in law. Yeah, I, I think it has to be. It, it has to be. And that's so go all the way back. I mean, you're right. We were talking about the confirmation of these three justices. The whole point was that it would culminate in this, right? Yeah. The, and I said, even if they pass it, people will yeah, rise up in the streets. Why was I so upset <laughs> about the about rushing nominations through, not allowing Obama to put his nomination up? Not- but I never saw this angle, I have to say. I never saw the angle. And I remember saying at the time, the Supreme Court isn't hearing that case. And I would cite you know, Kavanaugh's quote, it's settled law. I never thought, leave it to Texas, leave it to Mississippi to go around the back door yeah. and, and try what they did. But to well, me, this is, like you said, rise up. This is, the, to me, uh, you know, COVID is bullshit. The lockdowns are bullshit. Forcing businesses to close are bullshit. This, to me, is at another level. And it doesn't affect me in the way that the COVID bullshit yeah. did, because I'm not a woman. But it, I, this is one of those things in this day and age, in 2021, with the authoritarian government ideologies around the world this is slippery slope you don't get this one back if we fuck it up Uh, you know i mean it could be gone for a long i mean could you get it back you can't it could be gotten back but it could take a very long time and in fact it could take the lifetime of somebody's daughter to get it back if or never or not right it it just seems like a, a slide backward into into a different time. I mean, it just seems backward. It's regressive. It's it's just stupid. And, and the other thing, and again, I really do believe this is all Jesus's fault. And we've talked about this too, that the amount of people in this country that identify as, you know, religious or I, I guess Christian based, you know, the, the whole Jesus crowd is diminishing every time you, you read a study, the numbers are, are less and less. So it just seems strange to me that this is the thing that's important that we solve right now. Well, this is this is the thing. This is how we get on the other side of again. Never mind COVID or infrastructure or whatever. This is the dawning of a new age. It's 2021. Uh, we have tech. We have climate issues. We have natural resource issues. We have trade issues. These are all you know. The world is is much smaller than people like to think, and so we have much bigger issues. And yet, in the United States, we have two conservative states that think the most important thing, because they're not Jesusy enough, is to take away abortion rights. What yeah. the fuck are we doing? And, and then there's twenty other. How states. much could we get for Mississippi if we like? We, is there a buyer that's interested? How much would China pay for Mississippi? Check in with uh, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> Would we take crypto? Here's the thing: there's, for trade, there's 20 states that are going to follow. They're just waiting for this decision. I don't think much is going to happen between now and June in regards to this. But but um, 20 other states once it once it's known what this what SCOTUS is going to decide on this. Is I, this the new civil war? 
Will these 20 states attempt to secede, and is that the start no, of the new civil war? No, they're not going to attempt to succeed. They've, they've worked for 50 years to, to change the face of the court so, so that they could get the court to make a politically motivated decision And so the court, abortion. let's say the court does, and then you have 20-some-odd states that say, you know, hey, we do it one way. You know, it's the, it's the, it, is, it has been, always been, the, the conservatives and the Republicans that have whined about pack, politically packing the court. And they are the ones, while they've been, I mean, this has been the biggest bait and switch in history, right? We are to blame again for this right we were asleep as a as democrats as not republicans as citizens we were asleep while we let the country elect this idiot to and then put in three yeah but who judges. thought he was going to get three chances in one term well I mean, I, Ruth I, we Bader Ginsburg. It, we talked about it so many times. Listen, and Ru I'm not blaming Ruth, but remember, she thought that Hillary was going to win. And she wanted to retire on Hillary's watch as kind of an homage, you know, two powerful women. Uh -huh. And then Hillary didn't win. She's like, oh, fuck. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> I'm not going to make yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But and here's but, the thing Byerly, Byerly, right? He's senile. So. He has stayed as well, and probably, if when you go back and look at some of the discussion about this, the the things he said during the oral arguments, they didn't help us, right? I mean, and so you know, the, it, it comes back to the question: Should he has got the fuck off of there so that somebody, you know, so that Biden could appoint somebody to take his place while there's a chance because. He's likely to last just long enough for some Republican to get back into power, <laughs> right? Or flip aren't they the talking to him? Like, well, is, is that a thing? Can him. you do? Can you do that? Is what? that like a uh, a conflict to have the parties talk to the justices and encourage them to, you know, hey, maybe you better? Oh, I, I mean, is that illegal to do it's, that? It's not illegal, no, but it's you know, it's it's frowned upon, and, <laughs> well, and, and you can very often get the opposite effect, right? You just can't. I mean, Briarly might be an example of that. I mean, where he might have retired already, some of the talk swirling about, hey, time for him to go, um, may have been the reason why he stayed past when he probably should have. But this, by the way, is the main reason why I was never in favor of an idea of stacking the court quote unquote either way because well, you, you, it's just a number if you do that to me it, it's you're just extending the period of time where bad laws are going to remain bad laws so if, let's say the tables were turned and you and you had 15 justices mostly conservative and then you overturn this roe v wade thing you're talking like 150 years <laughs> of reverse progress um so the supreme court um i think we're in for a uh we're in for quite an extended period of a much more conservative court. Uh, as far as Kavanaugh, I mean, <laughs> the chances of so could he get impeached? I don't know. Could you I buy mean, him? Like, could Budweiser come in there and and like give him shares in the beer company and with you know to buy his vote? <laughs> I like beer. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that I don't want to relitigate any of this, but I'll just quickly review that, you know, I think it was very wrong what happened with Amy Comey Barrett's nomination being rushed through, especially in face of the fact that the the same Senate, same Senate majority leader um prevented uh President 
Obama from uh, nominating his final pick more than a year out. Uh, it's just all of that is water under the bridge now past history. I think now it's time to see uh, maybe people will wake up. Do you, you think know. of the three conservative justices that were put in place on Trump's watch? Is she the biggest threat? Do you think? Mm. Who, who's the first guy? Um, Gorsuch. Gorsuch. Yes. Yeah, he's, I mean, you don't hear too much about him. He's conservative, but I mean, uh, you know, it's just one. I mean, the, the, I think the galling thing, two things that gall me about this situation. One, Kavanaugh, not qualified. And why not? Because he just didn't have enough. He just didn't have enough experience. And Years he, on the bench. Yeah. And what was it? I don't his, even remember. Yeah, it's not. It just he just wasn't wasn't even on the fucking list. Right from the from uh, of people. So where where and why did they dig him up then? Uh, because he campaigned for it, right? And why why did he uh, jump ahead and leapfrog over Amy Comey Barrett? Mm. Oh well, I don't think she was. I don't think I she thought was, she was, wasn't she, she the wasn't pro- part of it at, at the. She wasn't part of it when Kavanaugh. I mean, she wasn't one of the names. But wasn't she the protege of Antonin Scalia? She was a name that people knew. I thought. I don't. I don't remember that. But maybe. I mean. Uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate. I mean, I. I think maybe. Well, I. I mean, it's going to th- this result with with the abortion issue will just be the first of a bunch of bad decisions you're going to see, and we'll just have to see how that is received politically around the country and what that means. I mean, um, what we need now to, to, to correct what it was going to be a mistake that the Supreme court is going to make on abortion is we need federal legislation. So, okay. This is something that you hear a lot about too, where the left is saying you can pass some law to just circumvent Roe v. Wade. Why don't we just do that? Well, because you don't have you 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 have the thinnest of majorities in the two. So houses it has to be now. what a two thirds thing. Well, I mean, right now, any move, any fe- any move for federal legislation to to prevent um, uh, anything changing, you know, regarding abortion, would be um, would be, there would be filibustered out of existence, and we know for a fact that there's no will even among the fifty. Democrats to to eliminate the filibuster. So, is that Mansion and what the other bitches named Cinema or whatever it is? I, I don't know. I, I mean, well, you don't have the will. You you need a much bigger majority. If you do it through legislation, which then would become law, can that be undone in future Not Congresses? By the Not by the court, but if a future Congress could could undo it, right? Um, I mean, theoretically, that's the way it works, right? Um. Uh, what would that ever happen? I mean, can you see? How about doing it through I mean, right an amendment? Now, right now, having I mean, why didn't why didn't the Republicans? I mean, they had two years of substantial majorities and the presidency. Why didn't they pass a law to overturn Roe versus Wade when they had a chance? Because there's no public support for that, right? Fully seventy percent of the American people or more are support of choice, right? And so um, I think that uh, so why did that's that's why they didn't do it. That's why they've been trying to do it through the Supreme Court. That's why they've been trying to jerry rig the Supreme Court ever since uh, ever since Obama was elected. Do you right? think? Did I ask you this before? 
do you think that, you know, we reference the Supreme Court as the, the law of the land? It, should there, if, if cases are decided by the Supreme Court, should we consider those settled law to, to never be looked at again? Well, is that? I mean, what you're referring to is something called uh, stare decisis, and that is the sounds like a painful stomach does, <laughs> cramp. It does. I might have just had some stare decisis. <laughs> I, uh, I think you might be witnessing the the. Um, disintegration of that as a legal principle. So um, that is where, hey, um, current Supreme Courts are supposed to respect um, prior decisions by prior Supreme Court uh, courts, uh, and that is to you know ensure the legitimacy of decisions made by the Supreme Court and to try to stop public opinion. Be, from becoming that the court is simply an extension of political will, right? Do you think that's public opinion, though? Because I've always maintained, I, I like to believe, and I'm hopeful still, that's, that the idea of a Supreme Court, our Supreme Court, is supposed to be filled with people who are scholarly, who uh, are are professionals in their field and can be neutral about a case and make evidence-based decisions. And therefore that is the, the final resting place of all debates and the answer and the decision that comes out of the Supreme court can be, and should be the law of the land. Now I understand everything that you're saying and all the crap that we talk about on the podcast, as far as the politics in it. But I, I think that most Americans like the idea that there is some be all end all place where the voice of reason can be heard and decisions will be made to stop, you know, batshit crazy ideas from one side <laughs> or the other. Maybe that's my la la land idea of how it's supposed to work. Well, I mean, I think that when the court becomes so lopsidedly one way or the other, um, uh, then that type of the, the public opinion is going to shift, right? I mean, so I think the reality of it is is that the court has been, you know, more liberal than conservative for a long time and has dealt with many questions um, in a in the and their and their rulings have been more liberal than conservative for quite a long time. And so, and I think that that follows, frankly, the political will of the American people for all that time. And I think it still does. Well, hang on. Let's go back for a second. We know Trump appointed three nominees. Obama had how many? Uh, did he put anybody on? I don't even know. I think he did. So did my ear. I Maybe. can't remember. Bu uh, I, Bush. Past that, I wasn't following. <laughs> but, but Bush had at least one. I don't know. Clinton? I don't he know. had at least one, didn't Maybe. he? Had uh, Clarence Thomas, I want to say. Well, Bush. He, he didn't nominate Clarence Thomas. Clinton was. Did he? Did, did that Thomas, appointment happen afterwards? Was Clarence, that Bush Senior? Clarence Thomas is a far right wing conservative. So was that Bush Senior then? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I, we're, I'm trying to figure out how many of the most recent past presidents had an opportunity to appoint justices. I, it, it, you it's know, a big because, chunk of them, I think. Well, because there was a time where they there wasn't much going on. I mean, you know, again, they're they're old, right? So they they hadn't been dying off at any fast pace. Scalia was kind of 
um, uh, you know, it was kind of balanced, right? I mean, it was a little more balanced for a long time. And um, I think that there were, I think Roberts, you know, became a little more liberal than they thought he was going to be. I'm not really a scholar on SCOTUS, um, except that for sure this is this is the most lopsided it's been in a long time. I think there was a liberal majority, but it was like one, right? <laughs> it was like by one and uh or even two and so sometimes things you know could could be but and then there were some there were some decisions where i think you'll find either roberts or kennedy ended up voting with the liberal side of the court but i think now that that that's going to be gone because obviously uh between uh clarence thomas is an asshole okay i got i got the list here okay let's see but it's a little weird because it says who appointed who and so like who Obama, nominated who, who, who nominated yeah. who. So Trump has three that we know of. Obama nominated three, uh, Sotomayor and Kagan. Kagan. And then, and then Garland, which it says lapsed because we know that didn't go through. Right. And I guess. So, so he, he had two, two. Two that got in. Yeah. yeah. And then George W. Bush. But had, they, they replaced the other liberal judges. Right. right, and then George W. Bush had four. He had four. Huh? Uh, let's see. Did they all? That would have been Clarence Thomas. Two confirmed and two withdrawn. Oh, two withdrawn. So yep. he had O'Connor, Rehnquist, O'Connor, and O'Connor. Well, no, I'm sorry. Well, I'm fucked that up. <laughs> uh, Roberts, yeah, Roberts. Myers, and Alito. Yeah, Alito. Yeah, and Clinton uh, had. Did he have any two? Who? Two confirmed. He had uh, Ginsburg and Breyer. Oh, he put Ginsburg on. Yeah. And Breyer. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, because that, that's Breyer's old. And Ginsburg was old. Yeah. And then GW had two. Reagan had like 100. <laughs> no <laughs> One, way. two, three, Did four. Reagan have any? He had five. He had five. Five and four, three confirmed. Yeah. So I don't know. It's. Well, I mean, in the definition of, I mean, what is a conservative now? Could have been a liberal in the past. Yeah, because Clinton himself was a conservative <laughs> by he, today's standards. Yeah. So he, I, he could run as a Republican today. Well, look, there's a number of things that can happen. I mean, um, bad decisions by the Supreme Court can motivate uh, and initiate legislation to to affect changes in the law. Remember, the Supreme Court's only supposed to deal with constitutionality of laws. So they're not, you know. So if you enact a, a different law regarding abortion, there will be, if there are constitutional questions associated with that law, then that will fall to the Supreme Court eventually. Um, if they, if a law is passed that, that avoids constitutional uh, ambiguity, then it won't ever make it to the Supreme Court, right? Um, it should not, be ambiguous if it's tied in any way to Jesus or religion. Well, if you're going to make your decision the other way, <laughs> I know it's just crazy. <laughs> Like, so, but then the other thing is, we you know, this could be the catalyst that 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 uh, expands the Supreme Court, right? Which would be bad. I think there's so many other things it's like kind we've, of hard we've to talked say, about. Right? Well, it you know, again, term limits. I mean, this nine. is something. What, nine is not the magical number. I understand it, right? and I know it's been more. Be, maybe it's been less in yeah. the past. So I, I get it, but to do it now. I, like I just outlined, I think 
I think it, it creates more exposure for the time period that you have to live with possible bad decisions. I think you could solve the same problem by imposing term limits on on justices. Well, I mean, I think those are viable discussions too. I mean, I don't think I fully understand uh, how that might affect you know the the Supreme Court one way or the other. But I mean, I think that's certainly worth exploring. Obviously, there are some problems with this and. And maybe there's no good solution. Who knows, right? I mean, it, it, we would like things to be, you know, it, it rarely does the Supreme Court ever make decisions that take rights away from anybody. Right. So this is a different. What if they, thing. what if they uh, take a, dis, make a decision to take gun rights away? Well, your, your other favorite topic. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I I think when you're talking about again, I'm you know, I think I'm far more passionate about how I see the right and wrongness of anything to do with abortion than I am about guns, right? I, I don't, I don't think. I mean, there was this was there a shooting over the weekend? Yeah, something? another a school shooting in Michigan. Right. So school shooting. This. I mean. They can't control this. I I don't know. Uh, I mean, they they had that kid. They had him. They knew about him. They had his parents there. They wanted him to take him the fuck out of there. Get your psychotic brain damaged child out of the school. And the parents wouldn't do it. Yeah, th- this is one of the most crazy, like if it was in a movie or a TV show, stories that I've ever heard. In the sense, so you know what what I read about it is that just over Thanksgiving, the dad bought a gun. It was a handgun, so it's not a, a an assault rifle like a lot of these shootings are. He buys a pistol. I guess over, it wasn't for hunting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's I don't buy that argument for a minute either. That yeah. you people cite, oh, I need this gun for hunting. But he buys a handgun over Black Friday, apparently as a gift for his son. And I can relate. I remember at, uh, I mean, we had guns in our house when I was young. Um, My dad grew up with guns. I mean, he grew up on a farm, literally. But when we were younger, we had guns. I remember uh, for Christmas one year, my brother and I both got pistols as a gift. (laughs) Uh, Handguns. We didn't get pistol whipped. We We got guns. I probably was... 13 or 14 at the time. Uh, how and, many people have you and your brother killed collectively? Uh, that we're ready to admit to, zero. So, oh so I, I, I understand that part. Just take them to school. <laughs> and that is not uncommon, and it's certainly uh, not, you know, there, certainly there is precedent there when you look back over the course of our, our country's history that firearms are passed down and purchased by adults to what we call children. So so this all happened right over – he buys this gun, and then the kid, like a lot of these troubled youths, he's got the signs. He's, you know, he's into some crazy shit. He's got some bad – he draws stuff with blood and, you know, murder. Yeah. And, uh, I am the destroyer, the yeah, killer he, of worlds. So then it was a very short time period between the purchase of the gun and then he goes to school. The day, I believe, of the shooting – He's he's on his phone searching for ammunition, right? Which yeah. even then I understand because he just got this new toy. He wants to buy ammunition for it. Yeah. The teacher also sees this this note that he says, "I'm the destroyer." They send him to the principal's office. They call the parents. The parents come down there. Yeah. They say, "You need to take your kid with you today and get him into treatment, like uh, uh, counseling, within the next forty eight hours." And the parents didn't 
take him. He, the kid goes into the bathroom, had the gun in a backpack, comes out of the bathroom, and starts blowing people up. Yep. Yep. And the parents have been charged with involuntary manslaughter. They were charged with involuntary manslaughter, which is another new angle, right? I mean, this is all over the news that that's really kind of not a thing that happens that you charge the parents when a minor child does anything violent. This is, you know, kind of a rare occurrence that that mm-hmm. happens, whether or not it should. But it, but it, I think it's rare. It hasn't happened too much in the past. Well, I mean, so then the, they flee. the shootings haven't happened within minutes of the counseling session <laughs> that the parents refuse to cooperate with. Right? Well, and then the parents flee. Yeah, I heard that from the too. charge, yeah. and then they were found in some building or something, and then ultimately turned themselves in. So, dude, it, this is a wild story. It's a wild story, uh, and well, we've talked about so much with Kyle Rittenhouse's mom. Should she should Kyle Rittenhouse's mother be charged for driving his ass to Kenosha? See that 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 I think is why this is an important angle because I believe that she should in that case she. Again, he should never have been there. He never should have been able to convince his mom that he needed to go there. She should never have driven him there. If he left, snuck out of the house, like I don't know how many times you did as a 17-year-old. But well, if, well, what I did it was, to, it was to try to slice a piece off, not, it, not go shoot somebody. I understand, but it wasn't always to do legal activities. We can, we can say that, and I understand. We were both minors. I don't know. <laughs> so, so anyway, he, he didn't need to go there. She drives him there with his assault rifle. So to me, she's complicit in, in a way as to what, what goes down because she is directly involved in, in putting him. Kyle's at, mommy. At, yes, Kyle's mommy at a place he didn't need to be. Now, the Michigan gun parents, like I just said, just purchasing a firearm for, for your child should not be a reason why you would also be uh, complicit in in a crime that may be committed with that gun. I just, I don't believe that. Now, I think there's more to the story, of course, (laughs) and whether or not they acted negligently in the follow-up and the recommendations by the professionals, I think that's a different question. Yeah, your kid is, your kid is, is, you know, outed for having, you know, uh, what's the right word? Well, what does it mean when you when your kid writes, "I am, I am the walrus"? Yeah, I am the walrus. Well, what did he write? I am you, destroyer is what you said. Yeah, I am the no, I am shit. It's a quote, right? Uh, destroyer of worlds. I am death or something. Destroyer of worlds. I mean, I mean. So you know, you've just given that kid a gun. And the school he attends has just dragged your ass into the school to tell you that they have come up with information that indicates your kid is a psycho. And you then refuse to exercise your parental responsibility and take his ass out of school. Well, and the other part of that. And you have allowed him to take his gun to school. That's the other angle is that after they purchased the gun for the kid, yeah. it was stored in a nightstand uh, drawer. His? No, I think it was the parents, oh. but it was unlocked, unsecured. Oh. Either way, fully their responsibility to keep well, that gun so, and secure. So, and that, to me, is a more important angle. So go yeah. back to the, the story that I told when my brother and I got those gifts as children. Right. We didn't, we didn't have access to them. They were <laughs> locked in my- Did your parents load them up and put them in your backpack to take <laughs> to school with you? I don't think so. Only on Fridays. <laughs> no, they- tell and murder today. They, they were uh, locked up in a oh, safe. So sad. I mean, you know- it's just I, but again, here's where I kind of draw a blank on the whole gun issue. 
I'm not convinced or have any strong feelings that any change in laws would stop these things from happening, right? I mean, it's America. You can get guns. You can get them legally. You can get them illegally. Um, I mean, you know, I just saw a thing uh, there. I can't, I'm not going to remember her name. Uh, it's on National Geographic. She's a longtime investigative reporter who has a current show on Nat Geo called Trafficking. Um, her name is Maria something or other. I think she's Hispanic. But she's done many programs about trafficking, sex trafficking, drugs, this, that, and the other. She just did a show where she was talking about how she she followed guns from the United States into Mexico and how there's this huge, you know, that in Mexico, there's only one store where you can legally buy a gun in all of the country of Mexico. And what store is this? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, (laughs) but, um, uh, but there are a ton of guns there. Right. And they're all coming from the United States. They're just being driven down through the border. Yeah, but We talked about this where Mexico is suing the U S government because we bring all of our guns down there. Well, I mean, they're all coming from U.S. gun manufacturers. And, and in this report, it, it appears, although it's not been proven, but according to the people that were speaking in this show, many of the guns are coming from law enforcement in the sense that... Like former law enforcement cop, guns? I'm a cop. Uh, we, we confiscate this gun in some kind of encounter with gang members or this or that. And um, we then sell them to you for a thousand bucks a piece, right? And they end up going down to Mexico. So, um, I mean, what, what's the um, what's the channel? So, like, let let's just say there are gun runners that go to Mexico. They they put them in cars and they drive them across the border. Is this an exchange too? Like the the police department sells to the gun runners? <laughs> Who's their customer? Okay, so so guns are confiscated by law enforcement in a variety of situations right and then end up not going into evidence right and not being destroyed not being destroyed and then end up where police officers then sell them to like the individually yeah oh i see right and um uh so uh, that is a one of the big sources right plus you can just buy guns legally right and send them down but i mean the problem with that is that there may be some trail it's under your name that bring the guns back to you so there are a lot of everybody knows you file off the serial number there you go whatever you're the gun guy not me (laughs) fbi uh here's the uh here's the the, i haven't bought a gun in a while i'm overdue okay good um so anyway i whether that's true or not i don't know i mean it's easy to slam the police when they're not going to become on the show and and just try to defend themselves or whatever i have some cop friends you want to interview some of them uh i don't know (laughs) it's kind of like i I don't like getting my name on anybody's list especially cops and um and so uh yeah i mean it's just it's just a I mean, I I just don't know that it matters. I mean, if the cartel, I mean, we can have all kinds of gun laws here and none of that would stop. If that's what's going on, if guns are are going into Mexico, flowing through some kind of black market, no kind of laws are going to stop that, right? And Or school shootings, really. Yeah, I mean, it's, these are, these are just, you're just not going to fix these problems with gun laws. I mean, I just don't think that that's, I mean, I, I don't care 
we talked about, I thought it was a good segment on our last podcast where we talked about what does it mean open carry and this and that. And, you know, I would not want to live anywhere where, where people would be allowed to just openly carry their guns wherever the fuck they want, down the street, at the Walmart, whatever. I don't want to see them. I don't want to... I don't want to be there. I don't want to be in that kind of situation. And it's not because I hate guns or I blame guns. What? What is it? Why? What is it? Because what's the visual? It's just terrible. Just think about it, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's not. It's not fucking wild west out here anymore. But what? What is it? I'm just curious. Like psychologically, is it? A, is it like? A, does it trigger a war zone kind of feel for you, or does it make you feel like because there's guns, people would use them, and I'm unsafe? What what is it you think? Well, I mean all of that I would suppose. Yeah, I mean because there was a time, like you said, in the Wild West where that would have been commonplace m- more often than not. Maybe I, you know, like Alec Baldwin was just born too late in time. <laughs> I, I got a feeling that most of the westerns that we watched growing up were not very um, true to life. Right? <laughs> so, um, uh, but I mean, it just seems. I mean, think about it. Let, let's just think about it. It's a Saturday. Uh, I go over to the Orange Mall, and there's a bunch of people with guns slung over their shoulders, or they're stylishly wearing them low slung on their hip, or, or a guy's got a, uh, you know, he's wearing a pair of jeans and a beanie, and he's got a holster on his belt, and there's a gun hanging out of it. He's not a cop. I the only people I want to see with guns are cops, and and. Other than that, I don't want to see any guns. I think you're like most people. I think m- most people share that view. But I think, again, psychologically, because I'm qualified to speak on this, yeah. <laughs> I just think that's a matter of um, conditioning. And like I said last week, there's a lot of people that carry knives and you see the little clip, you know, on, on you know, pants pockets and you go to certain places in California. Maybe some people don't realize that you know, northern, central and northern California is more of a rural kind of an agricultural environment. Everybody has knives. You can see them on every belt, every pocket, and you don't think twice about it. It's just a thing. It's just what you see. Yeah, I, you know, and knives and guns are not the same thing. But the conditioning of the that's visual like, is like the same thing. That's like equating a gun and a grenade. But it's no. not. It's the same as, as the style of dress. It's the same as, you know, you go to a certain place in L.A. and they all dress like hipsters, and that's just what you expect to see there. You know what I mean? You go to into, into the your favorite places in the South. You see a lot of cowboy uh, boots. I don't think we're heading as I don't think we're heading toward open carry as a as a more common rather than less common. I don't situation. think so either. Um, but uh, and eventually, I think there's going to be there will be additional gun laws of some type. My my only sole point there is that uh, whatever comes in that situation is not going to solve some of the basic problems um, of, I mean, you know, look, whatever this kid's problem was that did the shooting over the thing, nothing to do with guns being legal or illegal. He was going to act out one way or the other. And we don't know what his actual problem is because, you know, in my professional capacity, I've not treated him clinically. (laughs) But this goes back to the abortion thing. There's too many fucking people and too many crazy people. Here's an example. Jesus couldn't save him. There's an example of a kid that should have been aborted. <laughs> okay. There's a missed opportunity. I so I uh, I just don't uh, – I mean, there's so many more important things to, to, to deal with than this, and it's such a sidetracking issue. And for the news, they can't, they can't slobber over it enough. So um, just very sad, you know. I mean, uh, 
Yeah. So how about how about uh, shifting gears? Then our yes. buddy uh, Putin, uh isn't Biden supposed to have a some kind of a conference call with Putin? Oh, Putin! <laughs> Didn't Bush call him Putin? Yeah. I don't know, did he? That's if funny. anybody was going to give him a pet name of Pooty, yeah, I would good guess for, it would be Bush. Good for Bush. Um, I miss that guy. Well, you know, we got a dangerous situation, uh, you know, happening on the border of uh, Ukraine. Um, I, you know, I mean, our our answer is we're thinking about sanctions on inner circle. Putin uh, uh, people, whatever. I don't think. I'm sure. I'm not sure how much sleep Putin has lost over that specter, but um, not much, I'm sure. We talked a lot about, you know, Putin, of course, thinks that he's smarter than everybody. He clearly thought he was smarter than Trump. And And he he, was right. And he could manipulate him. (laughs) But he he probably is right. But you got to think he thinks he's going to just placate Biden. Let me just take the call with the old man to say that I did it. Fucking guy won't remember in the morning. I mean, do you think Putin's going to take that call seriously? I don't know. I mean, I don't think so. I I think for Putin, any interaction with American presidents is just PR. Um, uh, his his world stage place is just. I mean, he's. I think he's wildly thought of as a corrupt, organized crime boss, and and not a world leader or anything like that. Certainly not a statesman, right? So. In that uh, in that organized crime boss capacity as the head, as the biggest oligarch among oligarchs, he was uh, Trump's um, hero, and so I think the debate about why Trump was uh, you know sucking his dick so long is stupid. I mean, there's only one what reason. Are we, what do we think? He's the head. He's the head crime boss of a kleptocracy, and that's what Trump would would aspire to be. So, what do we think? Because you said that a lot during those conversations, but what have we learned that, you know, that actually did Trump get anything he was looking for? Did he make any kind of request of Putin that, you know, was either turned down or was honored? Do we know, have we learned anything? Trump is an abject failure in almost every measure you you can make. (laughs) And that one's no different. I don't think he got shit from him. I think he played into Putin's hands. I think Putin is the only one that got anything out of that. He was able to, he's able to portray himself to his countrymen, right, and his oligarch partners, as uh, as an equal among American statesmen, which is the highest thing you can aspire to as as a governmental leader. But and is it not a good? Is it not he just did the same thing for Kim Jong Un? Right, right, and that's I, I think that any sitting president should and would engage with other. Call them world leaders, call them representatives, call them dictators, whatever. But you have to at least make a good faith effort to engage these people. Otherwise, you're just you're just playing the war game. Engage them, but not not. I mean, not do the shit that Trump did. I mean, South Korea played him or North Korea rather played him like a fiddle. I mean, the only person that got anything out of that situation was Kim Jong. What did he get? He got recognition and direct direct negotiation with an American president. Something that happened had never that happened. was happening because of Dennis Rodman. He's been over there negotiating long before Jesus Trump. Christ. So <laughs> you know, and then and then Putin. I mean, it's just 
it's just pathetic, really. I mean, so yeah, I mean, Biden's going to engage him, and every president's going to have to engage with, with you know, lead world, other world leaders, good or bad. But it's it's a matter of how you go about it, and we're certainly not seeing the same horseshit that we saw between. Um, uh, Trump and Putin. I mean, you know, and I guess this would be a COVID thing, right? They're going to do a conference call or something. It's meaningless. But how can you not, if you're Biden, how can you not bring up Ukraine? Well, he claims he's already brought up Ukraine, right? Well, They've already talked about it in the pre-negotiations for the call. It's already been discussed. Um, are they going to talk about it? Well, what if they are? I mean, whatever. Uh, they're not part of NATO, so we, we don't know exactly what's going to happen there. Um, is Putin really ever gonna push the? I mean, he can line up his soldiers all he wants on the border of any country that borders Russia. There's a number of them, and that's all it is until he pushes them over the border, right? Yeah. So, what would it take to, you know, we we talked last week about, um, you know, would we engage? Would we get ourselves into another war? And would it, you know, would would Russia be the cause if they invade Ukraine? Are we going to wait until China does something? Or is it going to take, like I read this story over the weekend about a, I think it was a U.S. spy plane came in very close contact with a Russian passenger jet. And one report was that it came within like 20 meters of it. So is Russia going to use something like that, that the U.S. is you know trying to put pressure on us militarily and they're you know they're getting too close, and it's not I'm the rules a of spy war. plane close to a Russian <laughs> airliner. Yeah, I don't know. But maybe the other way around, where Russian military jet shoots down a, a civilian passenger plane, which they've already done. So, um, and, you know, which was surprising that they had missiles that would actually work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, I mean, it's a scary time. Uh, it's not. Um, I mean, this whole thing in Ukraine's been a, it's just a deal for him, right? Is he going to start a war over it? I don't know. I mean, it's just really hard to say. I mean, it, I guess somebody that, I guess you need to look at it and see somebody that can really understand and examine what the benefits would be for that for Putin, because that's the only thing that's going to matter. Nothing about right or wrong or anything like that is going to play into it. If if there's some advantage financially or militarily or world stage politically for Putin to invade Ukraine, he, he's most likely to do it, right? If the, if the, if the consequences of that are so negative, you know, are negative enough, he won't do it. And so that's what we have to try to portray is, Hey, the consequences are going to be negative. Does that, automatically mean we're going to send in troops to fight russia in ukraine i think it is more a matter of you know a trillion dollars worth of arms being dumped into ukraine to blow the fucking shit out of russia i think do we need to get is. the police involved like instead of the, the gun so running them to, to mexico, mexico send them to ukraine <laughs> i don't know how much use they have for glocks and uh, <laughs> ar-15 but that's so uh, do, do we know though anything that trump actually asked of Biden or of uh, Putin and I mean to, to me if he was trying I think to the answer is no I mean I don't I don't think he got anything from him one way or the other I know either way you think he asked for like a little province somewhere in Siberia <laughs> if shit goes down if they're going to come and arrest I me can his, I have shelter in Siberia I think in his twisted outlook at, at some point he thought that he could take his 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 you know 
when, when he was president, it was all grift all the time, right? And the grifting continues now. Um, whether it was his kids or, you know, the girl or whatever her name is. What's her name? Who's the girl? Ivanka. Oh, the daughter? Yeah. yeah. Whether it was one of her businesses or something that was making money off, off him being president, his hotels. It was just all grift. And, and so I think that, uh, I mean, we know that he was actively pursuing business and doing business in Moscow. Uh, he would need Putin's blessing for that. And I think the whole thing was a dick-sucking exercise so that he could eventually get that get that permission. And um, I think that that since he lost the election, he's in a free fall of, of uh, Im- immense proportion, right? I mean, here's the thing. Do you think Putin looks at him as a failure? Oh, absolutely. Like, like Putin maybe was going to give him a ranch in Siberia <laughs> – He's like, look at this fucking failure as a U.S. president. I'm not giving you shit. Well, I mean, look, here's the thing. We've already seen Russian oligarchs pay off uh, Trump already, right? I mean, there's the case. That I think there was a uh, – I'm, I'm going to get this wrong probably, but I believe it was a Manhattan in a Trump building, $50 million for an apartment that – you know, wasn't worth two million dollars, and he and it, some Russian oligarch paid the Trump organization over fifty million. Maybe he was just prepaying the HOA dues for yeah. the next twenty years. Well, there you go. I mean, that's the, <laughs> that's the way it works. Yeah. I mean, there's never going to be a matter where Trump hands uh, uh, or uh, Putin hands Trump a bag of money, or the vice versa, on national television. That's not how it's going to work. So. I think the payoffs, I think the grift and the payoffs from Russia to Trump have already happened and and would only have continued to happen had he stayed in power. I think now, you know, one of the main reasons why people are telling him not to run now for the few that are telling him that is that if you lose, that cements your, your reputation as a loser. But hasn't it already been cemented? Well, it has. Yeah. I mean, his, although he's his, the worst businessman of all time. But then again, they say his new social media venture has already raised like a billion dollars. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, well, I don't know the name of it. He's well, had like go. three. That's, if it's a social media, <laughs> you haven't heard. No, the that's name because of it. his social media isn't active yet, well, and he's the, not allowed on regular social media, so you haven't heard of it. The bitch from Theranol, right? The the guy Theranos? with the Theranos or whatever with a drop of blood. She raised a billion dollars, and and it was she's another crazy scam. fuck. She's another crazy, Jesusy fuck. Well, where's the Jesus thing? I'm gonna. I, it's funny you bring that up too. There was a story. And I saved it because she's got well, she's on trial, right? And they're admitting evidence. And there was something like some handwritten notes that they admitted to evidence that she wrote down. She sounds to me like a lost soul who has done a lot, like done a lot of self help book reading. And every day she's got to look at herself in the mirror and tell her, I, "I'm good. I'm great. I'm daily, wonderful." Daily affirmations. Daily affirmations because she's really afraid. I am a wild-eyed blonde. <laughs> Well, and she did the whole deep voice thing to sound like a man. No, that's right. And, you know, I am a wild. Portray herself as a confident CEO, I guess, in a man's world. But one of the notes that she wrote down that was admitted to evidence, she has like a an agenda that she yeah. starts her day at four o'clock in the morning, and she wrote her entire daily activities starting at four in the morning. And I already call bullshit at four in the morning. Like she's right. not getting up at, at four, four in the morning. In the morning. Yeah. And you know the very first thing that she's doing what. She's praying to Jesus. Oh, is that what she writes? Is that what her note says? Four o'clock a.m. Rise and thank God. Most things are not logical. 
This is what she writes. I mean, what are we doing? Well, rise and thank God. And people, like she raised a billion dollars. She... You know, every time, Travis, every time I climb a ladder, don't fall off and die. (laughs) Do you? Every time I have a severe chest ache and it goes away because it's not really my heart, it's some muscle spasm or something. (laughs) Yeah. I'm probably thinking God in some esoteric form, like, thank God. But if you had fallen off the ladder and lived, you probably would thank God. cursing God. (laughs) (laughs) No, because you'd live. God damn, well, I don't know. Here's what I can remember myself saying. God damn it, I fell off the ladder. Uh, I don't know, man. As soon as you you give praise to Jesus and and thank Jesus for all of your accomplishments, then doesn't that diminish your skill and your ability to perform on your own? If it's not really you, if it's just Jesus, if Jesus wins you the Grammy because you're the best singer, if Jesus wins you the race because you're the fastest driver, I mean, what do we need you for? I love that. I love when uh, when sports figures, you know. I know. It's not me. Give it up to Jesus. Jesus. And, I, I, and I don't God. mean to be a Jesus basher, although I do think that is the root of all evil. <laughs> I don't judge people if you're Jesus people. I have friends that are Jesus-y and they go to church and uh-huh. whatever. But, of course, when we talk about how it— <laughs> I just the, – the flash <laughs> of that person, that mother that you were talking to at the uh, – at the Halloween trunk <laughs> wino <laughs> party or whatever it was. And she, your daughter looks up at a, what was it? A it was star? like a very bright star. It could have been Venus or something. It was nighttime. Something. Yeah, it was nighttime. Yeah, and, and you're like, well, there's Jesus. And <laughs> now this lady, you know, slowly backs up and take, pulls her kid. Uh, okay, got to go. See yeah, ya, that, that's home. exactly, I don't blame her at all because that's how I would be. <laughs> uh, but, don't, don't be scared of them. <laughs> but when, when the Jesus, you know, dominates your thinking in and enters politics, you know, like all the shit we talk about on the podcast, yeah. it becomes dangerous. And I get it. Yeah. We're one nation under God. And, and that's even a fucked up statement because that really implies that we should be one nation under one God and one religion. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. And you hear a lot of that too, right? I mean, it's, there's a lot of that going on. I, uh, and that's all in the right wing. You trust me, you don't hear any of that on the left, right? Oh, it's only one God. I mean, it's, because the left is itching to abandon religion, I believe. I've talked about this a lot, that we will have a time when a president is not sworn in on a Bible, a Christian Bible, or maybe any you know book of faith. Will, and will I, it be their Mac instruction guide? Yeah, it'll be their augmented reality goggles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it'll be, but I think the I left hereby is— I swear to uphold <laughs> the Constitution. Well, what, yeah, what are they going to uphold? What— what is the thing that will convince us, because it used to be you're a God-fearing person, and therefore you're afraid to meet your maker if you do bad shit, so you'll do us right and make good decisions. Yeah. What's going to be the thing that we you say, know, you know what, we can trust this fucker? You know, it's, it's, it's routines. That's not the right word. It's tradition. That's not the right word. There are uh, rituals, right, that, that— You know what we, else has rituals? What? Cults. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they there are rituals in the US military it doesn't make them a cult doesn't it no oh. um uh but i mean you know rituals play an important part in our societies and things like that so it's uh um you know i think you just have to keep and i i'm not really i'm not really in favor of trying to promote abandonment of all rituals and everything that ties us to any kind of art you know, heritage or cultures or anything like that. I think it's important that we 
as a people, you know, look at the rituals that we engage in that tie us back to our various cultural backgrounds with an eye to, you know, what is compassionate and empathetic toward our fellow Americans and, and their backgrounds and cultures. And so when I say that, that's kind of a highfalutin way of me to say, hey, take the fucking uh, Confederate flags off your truck or whatever because uh, and I take them off your state flags and take them out of your fucking state capital. And and that's the big difference. Right? And is, get the fucking um uh what are what do, you, what do we do at Christmas? What's the thing where baby Jesus is in the manger? What do we call those things? The nativity the nativity scene. scene. Get the nativity scenes off the public government property. See, that is really what I'm getting at. It's a difference like you can say to somebody Merry Christmas because that's what you say as a white dude who was presumably raised in a christian household Uh and and somebody could say to you happy holidays or you could say merry christmas to somebody who's jewish and they say i don't celebrate christmas and that's an exchange between two people and it's whatever you you can figure that out but when it's involved in government when government has the confederate flags and the confederate statues and the nativity scene you're basically saying we endorse slavery and and religion (laughs) religion. (laughs) yeah no i get it I don't know why people don't get it. I don't know why it has to be discussed so much. I mean, I don't know why in 2021 anybody would, any government office or any place of government, whether it be local, state, or federal, you know, would engage in flying the flag of a foreign nation, you know, uh, especially one that tried to overthrow the government, right? Who's the foreign nation? What well, was the Confederate States of America? I mean, that was that was. Was a, it ever officially recognized as a? No, it was never recognized. I mean, we fought a war. Where, hey, guess what? We don't recognize your, that, right, your succession. Right. You're <laughs> going to force you back into the union. I mean, but uh, it's just it's just nonsense that the people. You sure that wouldn't fly now? You sure there's there's not something? Maybe it's not abortion. But are you sure there's not something that a group of states could try to secede and then it, it happens, whether it's by war or by agreement? You know, and like I always say, Republica and Democratica, but is there not one issue that you can think of or maybe a culmination of issues that that could actually happen? Uh, uh, no. And you'll say, uh, hopefully not in my lifetime. <laughs> I, You know, look, I, I don't, I mean... I think that the idea that I mean, what's the question you're asking me? Do I do I see a possible set of circumstances that would cause some some state or group of states to want to succeed? Yeah, such as the what happened during the yes the Civil War. I, I don't. I mean, I, I think that that war was fought then for a variety of reasons, some of which are clear and some of which probably are not as clear now as they once were. Um, And I think some people would like to ignore some of the reasons why that happened. But I think that, you know, that's the kind of thing that you have to look at and say, okay, well, first off, there uh, we fought a war internally over that. And for all the people that died uh, fighting for the Union, then I think it would be 
a consecrate a sacrilegious consecration of their deaths to to allow anybody to ever do that again. But on the flip side, could you not say and fuck the people on the Confederate side that died? They were wrong to start out with. But 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 couldn't you see a logical argument where you could say, hey, that's there's enough bloodshed. We don't you know why risk it again? Let's just let them go their way. Um, I think that. Um, I'm not a fan of that idea. I mean, I think I know you're not a fan. I'm just asking, do you think that that's a possible, like, would we as a more advanced society and culture choose the lack of bloodshed over disintegrating the union? I'd rather disintegrate the states involved. <laughs> what, were, what do you know what the death count was in the civil war? I don't. Is it, it like millions? Though. Oh, was it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think so. Millions. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a Civil War expert, so <laughs> <laughs> I do think it was quite a lot. I mean, a substantial amount of people died. Um, I think that a Civil War in the United States needs to be averted at all costs. I mean, on a serious note, I, I don't. I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, I think that that um, uh, that was just a, a that's just a bad idea. Um, anybody that has that idea is just wrong. I don't know what else to say. Uh, uh, I mean, we. Um, we need to concentrate on protecting ourselves from forces in the world that would do us harm. Um, and to that end, we need to make Jesus. sure that, huh? Jesus. <laughs> he's not, he's not in the world. He's out of the world. <laughs> oh. okay. He's up in heaven or something. Um, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, again, and on a serious note for that, I mean, Religion can also often be the source of war and conflict, right? I mean, and it's been it's been bad on every side. I mean, you know, Islamic wars, Christian wars. I mean, we've seen it bad, bad, bad. Star Wars, side. Star Wars, <laughs> Star Trek. I mean, all of it's bad. So. <laughs> When are we going to live in a Star Trek Federation of Nations, right? Federation of Planets. That's you know what I didn't realize? If if I got this right, in the new Star Wars, like the the after the original Star Wars, what do you uh-huh. call those? Yeah. The sequels. Yeah. But the, the, the sequels to the original. Three. Yes. Yeah. Then there were three more. and then Those were terrible. But the ones, the sequels, it, did I understand this right? That not everybody is in the war. Like when you watch the original Star Wars, you're either with the rebels or you're with darth vader what is what is his team called the they were the imperial the imperial army yeah but in the newer star wars i kind of got the impression that there's like a society of regular people that go to the shopping malls and grocery stores that aren't with the rebels or the bad guys did you pick am i right on that i'm not a hundred percent sure i mean uh that's a good question i have to think like there was this epiphany in the third one where the rebels are all but destroyed and they have like nobody left, Chewie and maybe C-3PO, but his brain got washed because they had to get some chip out of his head so he lost his memory. They're like, what the fuck are we going to do? And then they find like this whole city where it's like, what are you doing? Uh, I'm just hanging out, golfing. There's We have hobbies. (laughs) And there's like this regular society that that you never hear about. Well, there were, there were, so... You know, there in Star Wars there were a lot of planets, right? And so some of them were like really desolate, like Dantooine or some other places, like where um, Darth Vader grew up as a kid, right? Where he was somebody's slave, and he 
they had he raced some kind of uh what do they call them speeders or yeah, something yeah. Right? all that shit and that place looked like a shithole but then there were luxurious lavishly right. opulent places like where like casinos Layers, and horse yeah. track races and shit so i mean the whole thing is always supposed to be some kind of you know simulation of the world and you know extrapolated out so i mean I, but in the world there are private jets and country clubs and then there are wars going on well, there are, but you know, we only have we only have one world. So for us, it's it's country. <laughs> now we right? have first world and third world. Well, I think is there a second world? I think there's a third world. That's what I mean. Where's the second world? The second world is um uh is in the south. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been to third world countries, but no one ever talks about second world. What third world country have you been to? Is that South Africa? Yes. Oh, is that third world country? Yes. Oh. I thought it was all civilized and what, everything. Yeah, that's the cities. The cities. But then the countries are third world. Here's, here's the most important thing about South Africa is they are far more African than Western. Yeah. So, that makes I mean, sense. electricity, in Africa. <laughs> running water. But I mean, Western in the fact that they were colonized by, by the West, by the English and the Dutch. I would, you know, I, I got to give you credit for going to a place where I would fear that the population and maybe at any minute might decide that me and my people had done them so wrong. They just want to kill me right on the spot. <laughs> so, well, probably, you are definitely the minority there. Yeah, it's not my favorite. So, <laughs> <laughs> but here, here's the thing for me, I mean, for you, I think you'll probably go back someday. Uh, for me, there's not a chance in hell that I'm ever going. Don't you there. think? I mean, you don't even want to go east of California, but you don't ever want to go. I want to go east of Las Vegas. Like, should we take the podcast on the road and maybe, like, would you, w- would you ever leave the country and go explore and see another side of the world? I do not have a passport. Well, we can get you one. <laughs> don't plan on getting one anytime soon. Where would, if you were going to go to another country, where's a place you could? possibly be coerced into going to uh, england because they speak english no no desire to go to england we fought a war to get away from those motherfuckers <laughs> not going back ireland no canada never <laughs> don't say never what's that all about we have friends in canada yeah, we right. had until you open your mouth <laughs> <laughs> i don't even consider canada for countries. florida uh, that's a different world. <laughs> that's, that's stupid aliens down there. Um, no, I don't know. Um, Australia, maybe Japan, possibly. Those are about the only two places. Only because Debbie's would have. Yeah, you had a Japan trip. Yeah, I think scheduled. I was committed to going, but um, you should go. That's because I would. I could go to Japan because that would be important to Debbie and would mean a lot to her. I don't give a shit about my European roots or whatever. None of that means anything to me. I think of myself as American and only American. I don't think of myself as European descended or anything like that. Um, I think for Debbie, I mean, she certainly does part of her that thinks of herself as Japanese, um, but she's American, you know, through and through, uh, in case the CIA is listening or the FBI <laughs> or something. Um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I would I would go there with her. Um, I wouldn't go there on my own. Um, and as far as is there someplace... Uh, not really. I mean, 
let's say you were in Java over the weekend. You're dead now because a, a volcano exploded and buried you in uh, in. <laughs> but uh, you can't be afraid to live your life no, and I'm go places. I'm not afraid. I here's what it is. I'm just gonna go or not go where I want to go or don't want to go, and I don't give. A and shit. you're gonna do what you want to do and not do. What you, you're not gonna get out of the fucking pool. We get it. We get it. I uh, uh, yeah. I mean, traveling is just not a thing for me. I don't care. Um, I am looking forward to a point where I have free time to engage in um, mostly intellectual pursuits. Uh, you know, like read a book. More time. Are you read reading stuff. it all? No, not not currently. Right? It's just busy right now. Right, and uh, I have a couple. I'm still trying to get through. Uh, um, steel and germs, and guns, guns, germs and yeah. steel, and I'm still going to get you new copies. So <laughs> That's I know all right. Hold your breath on. I, that I'm one. paying it forward to you. <laughs> and um, uh, I saw that. Oh, now I've forgotten. Damn it! I saw that book in on a bookshelf over the weekend in some kind of TV show shown on purpose. Really? Yeah. Shit. You know, hold that thought, everybody. I'll <laughs> I'll remember, figure it out. I meant to. Damn it! I meant to. You never even or... started Obama's book. Oh, well, started it. Oh, you did. Yeah, this his sequel is going to come out before you finish it. Yeah, well, that's fine. You better get to work, my friend. I, I also have the other book, the audacious uh, uh, musings of a mind. No, what was it? His first book before. Oh yeah, first... yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, the something of my father, something like that. No, no. Doesn't he have like no, a couple of books? No, it has the word audacious or audacity or something in it. I'll find it. Big, hairy, audacious goal. <laughs> Remember that fucking cliche from the 90s? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, no, but I mean. If you could teleport and not have to travel in today's traveling the way we travel, if you yeah. could teleport yourself to another country, would you go? Not necessarily. I just. I'm trying to make it as easy as possible for you. I don't care how easy you make it. At some point, I have to be there in that country outside of the jurisdiction of my Bill of Rights. <laughs> and that is not something I think that, is It's a good, good for idea. your soul. It's When you leave the country, you are instantly aware that you've left the country. And some, some things good and some things bad. When I stop eating chocolate ice cream, I'm instantly aware that I'm no longer eating chocolate ice cream. But, that <laughs> but you can, but, it... you, but you can go to your outdoor <laughs> freezer and get more chocolate ice cream. <laughs> well, I could just stay in the freezer and eat my fucking ice like cream. Like when you go to, you know, Islamic countries, you know, you literally fly in, like say to you know, Dubai or something. I have great respect for Islam as a religion and for the millions and millions of people on this planet that practice. <clears throat> their Islamic faith, and I, I believe that it's a religion based on love and, and that the radical Islamic things, you know, forces that we've witnessed in the in the East are not representative of that as a religion, just as, you know, rabid uh, right-wing, you know, people invading the capital is not representative of the whole United States or all Christians. Um, but I'm not going to any Islamic <laughs> countries, okay, because not only do I not have a Bill of Rights there, they hate the Bill of Rights in most of those countries. Well, and that's the thing. Like, when you fly in, like, you can come to this country and criticize religion, but there's literally shit on the airplane screen as you're landing of things that you cannot do when you <laughs> land, and one is criticize Islam. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and they, listen, you come here— and land in the United States as a tourist or whatever, you are protected by our Constitution, right? You have rights. You have civil rights and human rights 
just by virtue of being here. They don't follow you back to your country. You don't get. But to you got to get out of your comfort you zone. To, you didn't get to go back to your country and say, "Hey, I have the." Constitution. You will. You will love America more if you leave and are a little bit afraid, and then you come back. I'm already afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, not not really. I don't think there's ever going to be any, any any significant amount of international travel in my future. I just don't care enough. Um, I'm already think. You know, part of me says you're you're the lucky. I told we talked about this a little before. I'm one of the luckiest people on the planet. And um, when I say this, know that I don't mean this in any racist way. But I'm free, white, and over twenty one in America. That's where I want to stay, and I don't. Yeah, and, you, and you're going to die hanging your Christmas lights. <laughs> Fine. That For your be, Jesus holiday. That's not my... It's, like, it's not my... <laughs> <laughs> it's not my... You'll see a distinct lack of references to Jesus in our Christmas <laughs> No nativity scene in your front yard. Uh, no, no nativity scene anywhere. How about well, a nudity scene? Uh, no. No oh. nudity or... Nothing starts with then, okay? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> All right, listen. Have we had enough fun for yeah, today? this has been good. So, um, Omicron stay away far far away never to return and only go to third world countries where mike will never go (laughs) all right goodbye everybody bye